Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey guys, I'm Sai and welcome to Ace Podcast Nation. This is Keeping It Real, our wrestling series where we round up the week's wrestling news and chat to a wrestling media person. Andrew Thompson's having a little hiatus for his birthday, so I am absolutely thrilled to be joined by Talk Sports US editor, host of Talk Wrestle, Mr. Alex McCarthy. How are you, my friend? We're back. We're back. We are uh, back. Uh, I'm good, mate. I'm good. A very good uh, end of a long week, but um, not really, though, because, of course, payback on the Stop. horizon. Uh, Smackdown tonight it never stops, does it? Never stops. Another pay-per-view a week later. Gee, mm. that, that, that's quick, even for WWE, that is, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Like, right. there was a point when they did the brands, when they first started the brand split up again, it was like every two weeks, wasn't it? But like now, like a week, just straight in. I think it's just it's pointless to be honest, but at the same time, I think they were uh, looking to maximise their time. When they originally were going to do this, it was all around sort of the PC, and I know Evolution was spoken about, wasn't it? But yeah. here we are, we got payback for some reason, and it just seems like a very weird concept to have a week after a pay-per-view, but there you go. I um, I actually think maybe I'm giving like too much credit to the creative minds that are making the decisions i actually think that it's there for a reason and mm. you might see like a bit of a bit of a reset maybe a debut or two and just kind of i think we might see retribution retribution maybe one or two of them unmasked maybe a dominic dijakovic debut maybe and uh, I just a few more teases for the Bailey and Sasha stuff, and I think they'll move stuff along. I think they've got to because otherwise people will be a bit like, "Well, that was pointless," if they don't <laughs> shift it along a bit. So yeah. I think they've got to make it special, and I think they will. Hopefully, hopefully he says. Um, yeah. 
So, yeah, it's been, last time I think we were, last time I had you on was uh, for the live show, I think, wasn't it? On the Friday it was. night. It was, yeah. It seems like, seems like another, another year. It seems like so long ago. It's unbelievable. Mm. But, uh, right, so let's start with, like, NXT TakeOver. It didn't feel like a TakeOver to me in the, in the PC. I'm uh, in full sale, sorry. I just, yeah. without without the fans... I think that full sale crowd are such a big part of NXT that of all the shows which have done these shows with no fans, I think NXT has been hurt the most. Like they've still put on some excellent shows. I think it's been really good TV, but I think from an atmosphere point of view, they've been hurt the most. Would you agree with that? Um, I do think that the fans do play like a special part in what makes it a takeover special. Um, but I do think the quality of match was very high. Yes. Um, and I do think the action was was of a takeover level. It's you know, weirdly enough, I thought Cross and Lee was probably the weakest match on the card. It's probably had the most significance. Yeah. But you know, I, I don't want to be too harsh because, of course, we know Cross suffered an injury early on, so that could have affected the match in untold ways. And he's going to be working over Lee's shoulder when, in actual fact, his shoulder's hanging on by a thread. So. Um, man, I, I just felt like the pacing and the the match didn't really live up to the hype, right? Like you got Karrion Cross, who's like the unstoppable monster, and Keith Lee, who was the fresh champion, but of course he's a, you know he's a he's a beast in his own right. Now we know Keith Lee was destined for Raw all along, so Vince made the call and Triple H is handcuffed creatively at that point. But they'd already been building Karrion Cross, so. What harm, I guess. I mean, I, I just, to me, I didn't like the switch. I'm not actually huge on Karrion Cross. Like, I was willing to uh, give his title reign a, a go, and you know, get to know. Because I do like the presentation with Scarlett and all of that, but I didn't really buy into his matches and stuff yet. I just haven't. I don't know whether it's I just haven't had enough time to do it or not. But um, it, 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 it's something's missing there for me. So him going away. And us getting this fatal four-way Iron Man, I'm perfectly fine with that. And I did think the rest of the takeover card delivered. It's just a shame, as it has been for all wrestling, that you can't have that atmosphere that you know only a takeover can bring. Yeah, if you think of all the moments that we've had, like during the lockdown period or the no fan period, and some of the pops that we've missed out on, like FTR debuting and and title changes and there's there's so many different things which have happened like even that cody and Brody lee match last saturday yeah. i think like the the crowd for that would have been really special uh obviously they put Brody over huge and um so interesting well, think, think uh mandy and and uh, otis at wrestlemania man imagine yeah. that oh jesus yeah there's so many though isn't there like over the time like i'm trying to think of some other but there's been so many um, like Roman coming back on Sunday, you know. Yeah. That, that we'll get to that. That's um, I've got some views, which will <laughs> su surprise you. But um, I thought with NXT Takeover actually, I thought they got the match order wrong. I agree with you. I thought all the matches were really good. I thought the main event probably under delivered a bit. I was really looking forward to this kind of like carrying cross the unstoppable monster versus the champion who's beaten everyone and who's like the the immovable object if you like and yes. they didn't quite deliver in that way but like you say you don't know how much of that was because of you know the shoulder and and, and whatnot 
um, you know, it's clear that Carrion Cross is the the guy they want to saddle their uh, saddle their ship to at the moment. Yes. Um, and you know, the, I mean, the, from a positive point of view, when he comes back, we may have fans for one. So you're going to get that return pop for him. And he's been presented, even if the matches have under delivered, his character work and the way he's been presented has been sensational. So. You know, from that aesthetic point of view, it's going to be special when he comes back. Uh, did anything surprise you from NXT takeover? Mm. Um, I mean, it may be the opposite in in the sense that, like, when I watched Io Shirai and Dakota Kai, there wasn't a part of me that bought Dakota Kai winning that match in any no. in any facet, and that's nothing to do with her. She's a great talent, and I like I like her. But she just wasn't presented that way, and I didn't ever think that WWE would have Shirai lose that match. So the talent that both of them have, though, actually made you, you know, put on an investable match. So that was very cool. And I thought they did a lot at the end with the the nods to the future. Rhea Ripley um, kind of wants the title. Then Raquel Gonzalez, real life good friend, but they're both probably the biggest women in NXT, and they have that tease and. There was just lots of little things threaded into that that I thought was really good. Um, I thought Damian Priest was the right winner and the winner that you could probably telegraph out of all of them. But still, just because you can see it coming doesn't mean it won't be good or it's not the right decision. Um, And I'm glad that Finn Balor got a win because, you know, I feel like he needed it in the worst way. And since he's been back in NXT, it's hard to say why he's been back like what has been the goal has he got anyone over has he done anything himself has there been a major angle not really so i hope poetically that the misfortune of carrying cross's injury will present bala his first world title since the injury that cost him a world title so i think you know that'd be nice for me yeah that'd be a good touch i think like when i look at finn Balor in nxt the moment where he was face to face with Undisputed Era, and they did that kind of tease when he first came into NXT, that was awesome, and I was I was yes. ready for that heel Balor kind of run in NXT, and then he's kind of slowly turned back babyface over time. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm I'm kind of agreeing with you. I thought Pat McAfee was a bit of a surprise. I got to say, um, yes. That was pretty incredible. I got, you know, I'd be. I think Adam Cole deserves so much credit, like because, regard, you know, Pat McAfee is an athlete. Let's, you know, make no mistake, he's he is an athlete. He's he, or I was aware that he was capable of doing some of the stuff that he did, but you still need someone who's experienced but and skilled enough to, to carry someone in their first match ever, like through that um, to that level. And I thought Adam Cole did a sensational job, much like uh, Seth Rollins did on the Sunday with Dominic as well, I've got yeah. to say. Undeniable uh, on both accounts, I think. And the thing with um, Pat McAfee, like, it's one thing to be able to do a flip and all that stuff, but yeah. the, pr- the pressure on that stage, um, his mannerisms are really good for someone that, um, you know, novice. And I think as well, like, his heel promos, all of that, like, he's actually got a lot more in his natural locker than, than you could you could really imagine. So I thought it, it played out perfectly. And like many people have said, probably the best celebrity, you know, incoming match 
WWE have ever had. And it's so it's been so good that I haven't actually even considered it to be like a, that kind of match. No. It was just, you know, to me, it was just McAfee versus Cole. And that's probably the biggest compliment we can play him. Yeah, like when I when they first announced this match, I was like, oh. Because I'm not even, like, Pat McAfee has at times grated on me a little bit. I haven't always enjoyed his work when he's been I think on you, pre-shows and stuff. I think you, you, stuff. you speak for a lot of people, I think. Yeah, so I, was, I wasn't I was like, oh, yeah, this is going to be good. I was like, oh, really? Adam Cole, like, he's going from a title pitch to that. But I was pleasantly surprised. Uh, going back to what you said about uh, Raquel Gonzalez and Rhea Ripley, what I liked about that the most was that they didn't touch. And so we've talked about before, mate, like sometimes less is more. And the yes. fact that they just went face to face and neither took a back step. Uh, Dakota Kai had to kind of usher Raquel Gonzalez away rather than her being the one to, you know, take a back step and get out of the ring. I like that. I like, and I hope that they they prolong that over the weeks where they don't, you know, end up brawling just yet. Because I think there's something there in that, you know, there's they've both got a unique look and they're both bigger than all the other women. Um, on NXT TV this week, there was a few little interesting teases which I found fascinating, which I wanted to kind of get your thoughts on. Uh, so you had Timothy Thatcher was teasing or teased. I think he's going to face uh, Damian Priest, which yeah. on paper I was like, I'm ready for that, yes. And then I was like, but... I don't really want to see Timothy Thatcher lose again because when he beat Riddle, I was like, that's how you make someone coming in, especially the kind of character he is. And then he feels like he's just lost every match since then, which is disappointing. Yeah. Um, well, he beat um, Oli Lorcan, didn't he? And yeah. then obviously he had the ba- the Balor match, which was excellent, by the way, um, very, very, at, very at, at TakeOver. So you could say... There's no shame in losing to Finn Balor. But the problem is, like you said, if they move that, if they pivot from the Balor loss to another loss to Priest, then it's a bit like, eh, what, have you, what have you got for him then? Where are you going to send him? What are you going to do with him? So um, I do think Tim Thatcher has a unique skill set. And um, it was awesome to see him bring out the best of Balor on the mat. And yeah, it was, I just. It's I, I different, wasn't it? Yeah. And I just feel there's something there. But again. It's always tricky when you crown new champions because you want them to have great matches and solidify their reign and you know what not justify the decision. But at the same time, you don't want to sacrifice people. You want them to have credible opponents, but not you know you don't want to ruin other people in the process. Yeah, I think that was a, a large part of like you look at Drew McIntyre's reign. The Seth Rollins win was a great one to kick it off, but then we kind of expected him to beat Lashley and Ziggler, as entertaining as they both were. He was expected to beat them. And then Orton was the real, like, oh, who's going to win this? Like, most people thought Orton. Um, but the way they did the match and the finish, I don't think anyone really has a problem. So that's the way you do it. Um, and suffice it to say, it means they are they can book it so that Thatcher is protected. Um, but I don't want to see him eating too many losses either. And if they did, I'd be worried for what they think of him positionally. Yeah, and like when he beat Riddle, I was, I did think, oh, they, you know, they kind of, they see something in him, and because he is different, he's different to everyone else. He's he's got a unique skill set. He's got a unique look. He's got a unique character. So I did think this could be. I was excited to see what they were going to do with him, um, but we'll see. You know, 
you never know. He might beat Priest. They might hot shot the title straight onto him. But you know, that doesn't seem very NXT like. So either they're going to beat Timothy Thatcher again, or they're going to have some sort of finish. And I, do you feel like I don't know how you feel about this? I feel like they need to move away from the multi-man US uh, the for for that North for American North, North American sorry US title I was thinking for the North American title I'd like to see a singles feud now I don't want to see a, a triple threat or a, or a, you know a multi-man match which creates this problem whereby it's a if you're going to get out of the Timothy Thatcher losing you've either got to start another feud for him with someone yeah. else by the, or someone else starts another feud with J, uh, Damian Priest which then it becomes a three-way and yeah, I, I'm ready for a singles match. I don't quite know who. Who would you like to see a singles feud over the North American title between? Mm. See, um, I was saying this the other day, like Damien Priest, for me, um, his character's only just starting to really flesh out, and that hasn't been something that I've been overly attracted to. It's more been his in-ring work that I've yeah. really, really enjoyed. And... In an ideal world, um, I do think a ba- you know the babyface undisputed era when you you know Kyle O'Reilly looks great this week, um, but Priest is kind of a babyface, so I guess you'd want to pair him up with a heel. But looking at big heels or guys that could cause him a problem, kind of short on the spectrum. I think maybe yeah. Velveteen Dream. Is maybe the because I would say Gargano, but he's had like a million chances at the North American title. So yeah, um, you know, Champa's just turned Champa and Priest is intrigues. Can't I wouldn't be, can't beat Champa though, can you at the moment? Well, this is this is what I mean, you know. But we, if we're talking like a feud, you can do it in a way yeah. where you know yeah. whatever you could, you know. he could get disqualified, couldn't he, or whatever. Um, Dexter Loomis maybe could be. Is he ill though? I mean, he's he's one of them anywhere. He's in the early, I think. He, he's just because he's an odd character, you could get away with it, I think. Um, yeah, but he, I think he's injured at the moment anyway, so uh, I'm not that sure what the deal is there. Mm. I mean, like, like I said, they need they need to pair. One thing that NXT has bothered me a little bit, and this was the problem with Keith Lee as a babyface, they had him working much smaller heels, which yeah. in reverse isn't that bad, right? Like when you're the bigger heel. Try any of the baby face from underneath doing a David Goliath thing, but the other way around it's just a bit weird. And every time Keith Lee had to like feign an injury every single match, and you thought it's just not that great to watch when they yeah. put those shackles on. And that could be the problem that Priest has too, because he's a big old boy. Um, so we'll have to see. It is a shame because Keith Lee and Damian Priest can work fantastic matches. Like you see some of their stuff in like. Uh, PWG and Ring of Honor and they can have incredible, exciting you know, heart-stopping matches, give them 8 to 10 minutes and just say go which I know is not always the WWE style but they, you know, they Hardly have done ever. it NXT, they have done it um, yeah. and I would like to maybe see them do it a little bit um, one of the other teasers or threads which I was mentioning so you had the, obviously you had Tommaso Ciampa turned heel uh, in quite a brutal way, poor old Jake Atlas um, <laughs> took took his beating. Well, I thought he sold like an absolute champ. By the way, I thought he was really good. The the um, draping DDT off the gurney, I was like, ooh, yeah, yeah it, it did well. Um, so you had that. Uh, so it'll be interesting what they do with Champa. 
Will they give him Goldie as a heel? I wouldn't put it past them. Because uh, that I mean, kind of completes that storyline, doesn't it? Where The story's there. The he never part. lost it. He never lost it, did he? So the it's plausible. And I wouldn't be surprised to see them go back to the world with Gargano and Champa, but um, they're both heels at the moment. So I don't, I don't know. You, it, that's a story that's always ready-made, but it felt like it had a pretty final conclusion. Yeah. Um, earlier this year, um, I wouldn't. A, what about a heel run? If it, say you put the title on Bala or uh, who's the other person in it? Gargano. 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 No, so, uh, so yeah, say they put the title on either Cole or Bala. What about a? Because you've got Breezango the champion, tag team champions, a heel DIY, but like super heels, like so, like basically what uh, Champa was doing, yeah, uh, versus Atlas, where he's brutal and he's you know. Discord just destroying guys. What about if they were to do that to Breezango and have a bit of a heel tag team run? Would you be down yeah. for that? Yeah, I'd be all for it. I mean, who isn't down for DIY? Um, yeah. I think in the four way, although Cole is babyface and that's intriguing to me, I don't think I want to see him win the title again. He's just had it for a long time. Yeah. I don't really want to see Gargano with it either. I think, but that just, like I said, poetically, it leaves Bala for me, but. I am intrigued with the whole Champa never lost it story. So yeah, there is a there, there is a couple of things There's in play. Options in there. Mm-hmm. I um, I would like to see Adam Cole on SmackDown. I have to be honest. Um, I, I wouldn't want to see him about the undisputed era. I think that's well, yeah. No, more, I, mean, you know. I mean all four of them on. Yeah, I'd like to see all four of them on SmackDown. Um, so I saw an interesting, and this kind of ties into to NXT. I saw someone speculating recklessly on uh, social <laughs> media today that uh, Wade Barrett is going to be revealed as the leader of Retribution. I don't see that whatsoever myself, but I thought it was an interesting concept. And it uh, transitions us nicely into kind of Raw and Smackdown. Um, Retribution, great idea on paper. Are they executing it as well as they could? No. Um, I know you've brought me on here to say more than no, but yeah, no, um, no. that that's the short answer. And you know, when when you look at, like you said, the concept, I'm all for it. Like as you know, mysterious stables and things of that nature. But you know, they were like kid vandals to begin with. And you know, some weeks there's like loads of members. Some weeks there's not. Some weeks they're tall. Some weeks they're small. If it all makes sense in the end, awesome. That's okay. Yeah, if they awesome. just if they just reveal it as four guys who are different sizes and you know, a couple of girls, and they don't explain why, why they're so grown many. and yeah. short, then that's that's a problem for me. Yeah. Um, what's weird to me as well is I find that the the retribution angles on SmackDown have been pretty good. The retribution angles on Raw, I feel, have been a lot weaker. Generally, like mm. I, you know, I'm sure if you went through each one individually, you might find one on SmackDown which wasn't good. But I think generally they've been. They've been more physical on SmackDown. I don't know if that's because Raw's been taped, so it's a bit more like they're trying to keep it under wraps. I, you know, I don't know the reasons why. I, that's just my general feel for it. I think that what you were just saying as well about Barrett. Look, I, I reached out to WWE the other day um, after he returned to speak to him, and they were like, "Well, he's actually not under contract with us, so that's not something that we would do." It's literally is on a rolling date basis oh, at at the moment. So I know that. He's not locked in for anything. Um, and I know that Wade Barrett is the kind of guy who's like, 
on a case by case basis. If they come to him and say we've got a great idea, then he's open. Yeah. But um, I wouldn't put too much stock into the idea no, that he's behind anything. Do you know when? Do you know anything? Just to put you on the spot, do you know anything about um, why uh, where Maro's Maro Ronaldo's gone? He's just kind of disappeared off TV and. Last la, last week he had a family thing that he had to attend to. Ah, right, I don't know. I don't know whether that's a death or anything else. I just he had like I think it was just reported that he had a family issue, okay. uh, and Triple H said as much on the post takeover show. Okay. So he said that's why Graves came in. It was a last minute thing. Like it's not, you know, Mauro's not being kicked to the curb or anything. I think he is just taking some time for a family issue. Yeah. I mean, I gotta say, I thought it was quite nice to have Corey, Corey Graves back on uh, NXT. Yeah, I think he's a bit more relaxed on NXT as well. Um, I, you know, I can't think why he who isn't more relaxed. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I also thought Wade Barrett did a fantastic job. I gotta say, um, I really enjoy Wade Barrett's work as a commentator. I prefer Nigel McGuinness, and I hope, I hope that they bring Nigel McGuinness back when the travel stuff is all eased. I that. prefer Nigel. But, I mean, this is the interesting thing, right? Next week, uh, I'll be going to the BT studios and stuff to talk to a lot of the NXT UK talent. Um, presumably, he would be one of their commentators, him and Andy Shepard, perhaps. So, um, I don't know that for sure yet, but I'll be able to tell you next week. Yeah, that'd be very interesting, because I think um, he's the best sort of colour commentary guy in the world. I think he's the best. He is um, good. And I really, and really, on that note, really enjoy his stuff. I feel like Beth Phoenix has gotten a lot better. Yeah, she, she um, when you I, consider I, I she's doing her. it remotely as well, mate. Mm. I mean, it's hard, isn't it, to not have mm. the feel? Yeah, it's got to be di- really different to sitting next. It's like if me and you were sat next to each other now talking and doing this show, it it just automatically feels different, doesn't it? Mm. It's, yeah. it's, it's just the way it is. Um, Okay, so let's let, we'll finish off on WWE. Uh, I got a couple of questions I can ask you about Summer SummerSlam. Um, Retribution, where do you think it's going to go? Who do you think is going to be in and out and shake it all about? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, I think maybe it goes to Survivor Series. Um, there's some sort of team matches there. Um, you know, look, my mind wanders from really elaborate things like, oh, maybe it's something planted by Triple H to. You know, because they seem to be all NXT exports and stuff like that. They too just maybe it's the way to present Dijak or I don't know. But I do know if they don't present a really strong leader, nah, it's it's, it's going to be dead in the water. So they they need to they need to handle, it, handle it with care. Who is a strong leader for you? <sighs> well, when they first said not the Champa, no, not the Miz. Uh, when they first said Champa, I was like, oh, that's intriguing, but. Obviously, it seems like he's got plans now. Um, if Dijak's in it, cool. The Miz, they're teasing it. Like, you know, the, the way he's always late to, Too obvious, to help. Um, yeah, I think that, I think if they did it now, the reveal would suck. It'd be like, oh, well, we all saw that. Mm. So, um, but just the fact that they're teasing him leads me to believe it probably is a main roster guy. Um, I don't think it's going to be like a Roman. The uh, Fiend and Bray Wyatt. It's a long shot for me, that one. Uh, uh, you know, I hope it's like tied in with the hacker storyline. That's just in a, that's why my next question was going to be: Do you think they're going to tie it? And they should. I hope so, and it would make kind of sense. Like the people in Retribution look like the hacker in the video. 
yeah. right? The way they're dressed and stuff. So it wouldn't be a stretch. Um, I just, I don't know if I have faith in WWE to actually pull that off, though. Yeah, it's, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because without us knowing who is going to be in it or having an idea of who's going to be in it, it's difficult to say, you know, which way to take it or which way we think they should take it. I just want it, I want them to up the ante a little bit now, become more physical in terms of attacking people. I want them to start focusing on, so say uh, Dominic Dijak is one of the main guys in it. I want him to start attacking whoever Braun Strowman because that's going to be his first feud and I want them to start like setting that up that focus uh if it's Chelsea Green which I hope is one of them uh she starts attacking Naomi when Naomi gets her title shot or you know whatever it yeah. may be I want them to start focusing I hope there's a tag team in there I don't know who the tag team would be though it's the only problem I mean there's nothing to say you couldn't have it couldn't be I don't know a Chad Gable could be in there for you know there's 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 many people. It doesn't have to be NXT guys, does it? If it is a big stable, like it looks like, then you'd hope that there is a mixture of talent, like men and women, like as, as has been suggested. And there's lots of opportunities for you to say, this guy's not doing much. This guy's not doing much. This girl hasn't yeah. done much. And you go, right, let's find something for them and some stories to sink into as a collective. And I, you know, I hate to be like this boring kind of back in my day guy. But in the attitude era, it, it did work having stables, and yeah, uh, it yeah. always it always gave the mid card talent something to do. Well, funny, I've been saying since even when like the Wyatts and the when you had the Wyatts and um, the Shield, I w- would always say you know add to that, have more stables because you can have feuds within the stables, you can have singles feuds, tag team feuds. They don't all have to be feuding at the same time. You can. And I feel like what WWE used to do in the Attitude Era very well, which they don't do as well now, is you had storylines throughout the card. So mm-hmm. you'd have a, a lower card, uh, your comedy or your your opening matches, blah, blah, blah. But they'd be in feuds. They'd be There would be segments dedicated to them, you know, even if they were only short, but there would be a genuine feuds and yeah, hatred. Running, or, like running narrative. Yeah, there whether it's Goldust versus Val Venus or, you know, whatever it may be. Um and it would be all the way up to the main run. And as it gets higher up the cards, the segments are you know, more focused, etc. Um, so, SummerSlam, uh, overall thoughts, mates, just generally? Oh, that was a great show. Um, yeah, it's I thought the, the, the match quality was great. And um, to end on the, the note of Roman Reigns' return, awesome. Very interesting. So, as you know, I'm a big Bray White fan. Um, I think creatively... There's not many on his level. Um, and I, I love, there's a couple of guys on YouTube who do these videos where they really look into like all the Easter eggs which he drops in his videos and his funhouse stuff. I love all that. Um, but what I really like is that, outside, apart from The Miz, all of his opponents, since he's become The Fiend, they all kind of flow into this big interlocking kind of story which goes back and Roman fits so perfectly into that yeah Yeah, the the anything but anyone but you kind of storyline but what makes it a bit intriguing for me is braun Strowman also had this massive feud with roman reigns where he kept he'd always say i'm not finished with you and i kind of like you don't quite know which one roman's going to feud with i'm assuming i'd be very very surprised if roman reigns isn't champion by the end of payback 
So would I. I just hope they don't beat the fiend. That's all. That, you know, I just don't pin the fiend. You know. You have to imagine that's the whole reason Strowman's there. Almost. Yeah. I know that he's coming off a title run, but I'm assuming he's there to take the pin Sunday. You'd hope so, wouldn't you? But I mean, I'd be down as much as I don't really want to see the fiend losing to anyone <laughs> at this point, because I feel like they they they've done an all right job, even though they've probably taken a couple of wrong turns, Goldberg. Um, um, I do feel like they've done an alright job with the storytelling of the fiends it's maybe in other areas the booking maybe is where they've let themselves down a little bit I do feel that Bray Wyatt versus the fiend could be uh, Roman Reigns versus the fiend could be like a really interesting story but I don't trust them to tell it in, in a way that's going to not completely kill the fiends because they want Roman to be the conquering hero and the fiend to be the monster and when in actual fact a lot of people want the fiends to be the baby face and they want Roman Reigns to be the heel ah but do you, here, do you think he's a heel here's where it gets interesting right because the way WWE have navigated this you went so when the, um, the fiend was coming in SummerSlam he was getting cheered you know obviously WWE piping them in and Strowman was getting the booze so given that the most people will want the fiend to triumph over Roman um, or, you know, to just triumph in general, it's a very smart play to bring him back as in this like middle heel role, yes. because when he beats the fiend and people are mad, that's what they want. Roman, yeah. You know, Ranger's going to want that reaction. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think it's genius. I do think he's back as a heel. I was told a week before it happened that it was going to happen. And I actually said to to the guy, I was like, "Nah, it won't." Like, I just didn't believe it. I was like, "It They'll won't." Change happen. their mind. I was like, "No way." I actually I messaged him the day of SummerSlam and said, "Like, is it still happening?" He was like, "Well, he's here." I was like, "Shit!" Like, maybe it's, maybe it is happening, but um, I don't know, man. Like, I I just I I, I hope he isn't like the played out heel. Do you know what I mean? Like, I hope he doesn't turn into like a cowardly heel. Or All I just want him to people. be. Yeah, I just want him to be like the. A badass who just you know wrecks stuff up. That's that's what Roman should have always been. So the, tween, the tweener. The, 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 mm. the only time I felt like he should have changed from that tweener kind of in between heel and face was there was a period where where his everyone hated him was at his highest. I felt like then he should have aligned with uh, a Stephanie or a Vince and put the suit on and the sunglasses and effectively become the corporate rock. But in his mm. own in his own way, um, at the time, I think that ship has probably sailed now. Just because everybody knew he was the chosen one, mm. and that character all... would have worked too. Because he actually does all the media, he does all the, you know, the the make a wish and all that stuff. Like yep. he's a proper company man. So exactly. like you know, actually would have worked on many levels. But I think you're right. Um, the chance to do that is probably, probably sailed. sailed now because. For various reasons, people have changed their opinion of him overall. I think a bit now as well. Um, what? How long are we gonna go before we see Sasha versus Bailey? I'm hoping that we don't see him face each other till WrestleMania. Yeah, I hope that too. Um, I was talking about this to someone yesterday. It's 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 very difficult to book and map out this feud because there are several. Um, milestones that will make it work. So if you can get it to Survivor Series, that that pay per view is traditionally brand for brand, so they can 
be together, but something can happen and the story can further. You know what I mean? Like yeah. someone can cost someone. If you get it to the Royal Rumble, again, speak for itself. Easier. You put them in the Rumble, the story becomes easier to tell, and then you're on to WrestleMania. The problems are, along the way, you've got Hell in a Cell, you've got TLC. These are like blood feud pay-per-views, and Bailey's got no challengers. And I'm thinking, I wonder they're if not, WWE... They're not going to hold off. They're yeah. not going to wait. They're not going to wait. Um, and I, I just feel like they're going to end up having having that feud run through this year. My 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 personal intuition, but I, I hope that I'm wrong and it does go to Mania because in my eyes, that's a legitimate Mania main event. That's just not my opinion. Oh, yeah, 100%. The, um, the one thing which I think, whilst I agree with everything you just said, I, I believe that they may play it out by the end of the year because they they feel like they haven't got any challenges for Bailey, so they've got to do it. Whereas to me, I say, well, no, build challenges. But, you know. Well, she's been through a lot of them. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, she's but... had like nearly 100 and 300, yeah, 300 odd days. I think you have to remember as well that Triple H said there's a brand uh, draft. No, I was going to say, the, the, the brand split could be the saviour of uh, could keeping be. it to Mania, couldn't it? Because they could split could them be. up. If they lose the titles at the next uh, payback, uh, the tag team titles, you could. St- or they didn't even have to lose it because the tag team titles can float. You could. Split them up in the brand split. Send Sasha to Raw. Keep Bailey winning. But you can also give her some fresh challenges with the draft. Mm. And then you have them drop the titles at some point. Hopefully to the right squad, in my opinion. Uh, I'd like to see them built up. Mm. Um, and then, or if Sonya comes back, Mandy Rose and Sonya winning the titles on Sonya's first night back in front of a crowd would be kind of cool. You think um, Sonya and Mandy reunite? I do, yeah. Oh. I think, um, because I think if Sonya comes back, I find it very difficult to see how people will put, like, boo her as a heel. I no, say. no, they um, won't. But I mean, to me, for for the Royal Rumble, it's Sasha or Sonya. That's that to me. That's the only options you got. So, yeah. um, it all depends where they want to take it. I'd like to see Sasha win the Rumble then, and then main event of uh, WrestleMania: Bailey versus Sasha. Bailey's had it for. You know, over four hundred days or whatever it will be by then, and you have Sasha crowned as the champion at WrestleMania. And if you really, really wanted to be kind of shocking, they would never do this, by the way. But you keep uh, Charlotte off. You don't bring Charlotte back until the last ten seconds of WrestleMania, and you have a big boot Sasha to close the show. Just so everyone's like, oh my god, Charlotte made it all about her. Blah blah blah. blah. <laughs> I, I do, I do think um, Sasha Banks is like a huge baby face in waiting. I really do. Like oh, to, to, to the levels of like the baby face for them. To, to, to like Becky Lynch levels, I do think yeah. she's got she's got that in her. Um, and uh, the, the thing with Charlotte is she's kind of taking some time off at the moment. I don't. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, I reported that she wasn't going to be at SummerSlam, even though. Everyone was like, "She will be." Um, so I was, I was eagerly watching that show, thinking, "Please don't come back." Yeah. Um, but it's, uh, it, I had heard, obviously, I knew she was having the surgery, and I'd heard that she will, she's possibly going to be off till like Rumble season. She's basically sitting around, and and as unless there's good creative, she's not coming back. So um, I don't know what they would do with her. Presumably, there's still a story to tell with Rhea Ripley. You could do a rematch there. Um, 
and Io Shirai because Charlotte wasn't the one who met the pin. So I wonder if that'd be the story she actually goes back to. But I don't know. Like either way, they've got options, man. It's just, it's got I, make, would, make the right I call. would love at this at this um, if they do a draft now for the next month or so, they've got to get NXT in it. So NXT is is really yeah, like properly properly in the draft, and I want to see Io Shirai on Raw turn up to challenge Oscar and that be the Survivor Series Raw women's title match and introduce Io Shirai as a big star. They need but are women's... they gonna do are they gonna do the triple threats like they did last year though? Do they, we wouldn't actually get a title match, would we? Oh yeah, because they'll do the they did those like triple threat brand matches. Brand, which I gotta say, you could have some great fun with that. But like I wanna see Undisputed Era go to SmackDown and I wanna see I wanna see like all those rosters completely freshened up. So by the time it finishes, I want to see guys like Andrade and Riddle right at the top of their respective brands. And yeah. you can you can see that they're gonna build for the future. Whoever you know, whoever it's gonna be, whether it's Riddle, Andrade, Gaza, Apollo Cruz. Um last couple of things on WWE because I wanna hit on AEW quickly and I don't want to keep you too long. Um they're teasing that Cedric Alexander may turn heel and join MVP. They've kind of doing this story for a while. Um, am I the only one who thinks Ricochet is going to turn? Um, no, you're not. I think, do you know what? There's so many guys, Apollo Crews, Cedric Alexander and Ricochet included, who have all the talent in the world and they're nice guys and they're they not... They need someone to talk for them. They just haven't got that um, like in your face charisma like, MVP has got it the second he starts speaking his presence he's got it right he's done world it's done the world of good for Bobby Lashley and Shelton Benjamin already in my opinion and unfortunately not unfortunately but Ricochet Alexander and Cruz they and need that they all need that character development and they all need that rub um and uh, you know, it's it's got nothing to do with the fact that all of them are like African American or anything like that. I know no. a lot of people. I know a lot of people are kind of going, "Oh, like a new nation." No, no that's no. not it. Like it, it, these guys, they just need to be able to like dial the intensity up and and get some depth in their character. Because right now, all three of them are just wrestlers. Yeah. That's all they are. You don't know nothing else about them. So um, I think that's a fundamental problem, and that's not all their fault. Because it's not as if yeah. WWE's given them a chance to to, <laughs> to do that, but um, I do think MVP and I know MVP's been lobbying to work with guys like Ricochet and so on. Um, so I do think it's crucial that he gets his hands on them and, and they develop those stories. Because at the moment, Cruz overcoming MVP, it, 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 he's done it twice. And what, is, what does it really mean? Yeah, Where, it's is not he, it, is it? Is he any higher? I don't think so. No. The thing I like about Ricochet uh, potentially turn heel is, so if you remember last year or earlier this year, they had him kind of doing this, like, superhero gimmick. And <laughs> there was a big, there was a disconnect there because he was saying, like, oh, I'm just an everyday guy. And then he goes and does, like, a, a 640 cent on or whatever he does. Mm. He's all these crazy stuff. Lands, in the, lands on the outside of the ring on his feet and stuff. I like the idea of him... Uh, turning heel, being with MVP, MVP talking for him, and him just being a guy who's got like sunglasses on and just knows how incredible and how good he is. Says mm. very, very little. 
does ridiculous things in the ring and doesn't necessarily uh he's not necessarily a heel by like a traditional heel in terms of cheating he's just a guy who's a just bit arrogant of a, yeah, yeah just a bit of a dick because he knows how good he is yeah. i'd be down for that down for me, that hundred me too um all right aw they've been busy building uh several people dark orders suddenly become a thing which is not universally panned as it was when they first came out <laughs> chastised yeah um they've th- they've they've, sw- they've kind of amended well haven't they with not just them as well a few different acts yeah i mean for, for me um obviously Brody lee is the centerpiece and it helps basically when he's strong the dark order's strong that's yeah. that's pretty much the strength of the gimmick um you know and it helps that they've kind of recruited like your cult cabanas and i think uh tainara uh Conti and, and you know there, there seems to be a lot of them that are kind of coming over and um to me i i feel like as long as Brody lee is taken seriously that they will be and and that and that's a good thing because Brody lee is a guy that deserves to be taken seriously he's a he's a very talented man um had a great showing against moxley and then pretty much was on the periphery for a few weeks and then bang you know the booking of cody to that point and the way that they met perfect yeah they created the perfect storm by they built up cody having these great matches each week winning so you didn't really expect him you in these challenges you very rarely expect the the challenger to win mm. in these tv challenges they're normally just a good match exciting building the champion up for someone to take it off at a pay-per-view and then suddenly you had Brody Lee being the monster. He'd, he'd been quite aggressive, and they met, and I thought he was excellent. Cody did the stretcher job. Very, very well done. And then they also uh, did a good bit of work for Anna Jay at the end, having her choke out Brandy. Just, yes. And that announces her on the scene as well. I thought it was brilliantly done. Yes. Uh, and s- subtly done. Another thing they did very subtly has been the, the Adam... Page FTR elite storyline, which is well, it wasn't, long it wasn't, long. it wasn't that subtle last night, but yeah, no. I, I hear you. Um, I think the crescendo they're building to is so exciting. Like, this is we've been one of those long running storylines, and how often is it like I think Page is going to turn heel? Oh no, I think Omega's going to go heel, and it's like this chipping back and forth. Um, you know, the whole role that the elite play in it, and then there's like Cody, is Cody going heel? Is like there's so many different layers to what's going on in the elite right now but to me page is the guy like he is the one who is going to turn out of this and at some point he is going to be a monstrous monstrous baby face um how they get there they're keeping us guessing and that's a great thing but um i do think it's a nice interesting layer like people are starting to think page might align with ftr tully and sean spears presumably um, and that's maybe why he got FBR the shot against them. Um, maybe they just didn't want to face the Bucks again after Revolution. Like, there's so many different theories, and um, I'm down for it. Yeah, I think what they've done very cleverly is they've everyone thought eventually Adam uh, Adam Page is going to turn. He was drinking, so everyone knew eventually he was going to turn, or they thought they did. So what they did is they add in first they added in the conflict with Matt Jackson. Then they added in the conflict. So there was a point where everyone thought 
that Matt Jackson was being a bit of a dick to Adam Page yeah. rather than Adam Page being the one who was letting the side down. He he was still coming out to save them when they were outnumbered and then he would leave sort of thing. So he was kind of like, well, I'm doing my job. I'm being... I'm doing my of, bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, then, then they've turned up the Omega sort of heel tendencies and hinted at the cleaner and being the elite and things like this. So it just, like you say, keeps you guessing. Um, and I think one thing which I'll kind of finish off on is which people haven't talked about as much or as the possibility is that FTR are manipulating Adam Page. And yeah. when he eventually, he'll turn, you know, they'll win the titles, but they'll then turn on him, be the champions, and he'll be on his own completely. Yeah. And he'll still become the super baby. I think if in many ways, that'll make him like a super baby face because people will feel sorry for him. Mm. Whereas if he kind of turns and aligns with FTR, I, I know she said Sean Spears, I was thinking he's going to align him, Cody and FTR actually, but there's options in there for that sign of four horsemany type gimmick. But um be interesting, interesting stuff, mate. Mm. Um, who would your pick be for the if you had like the kind of four horsemen type stable in AEW? I mean, FTR go about saying that they're just the most natural fit. Um, I think there's some sort of something really poetic about Cody being in there, being that Dusty was like the biggest adversary of the four horsemen. Um, something about that is appealing, and then I. I don't mind Sean Spears being the fourth. Like, I know because he's under Tully's wing now. Because I feel like the fourth man should always be someone who's got a lot of upside to gain, right? Now, Sean Spears is a guy, he's not young. No. He's like mid, you know, what is he, late 30s? He's not a young guy. Um, so there probably are better picks. You could maybe a Brian Pillman Jr. or someone like that, if you can get hold of him, um, you know, or... I, I don't know. Off the top of my head, I don't know. There, there's, don't, so, um, you know, there's a lot. But I do feel like your Cody's like your main man. You've got your tag team. So you've got your Ric Flair. You've got your Minnesota stretching crew. And then you need like the fourth to be someone who's kind of not there yet, but he's on he's on the way up. That's my opinion. Yeah, I agree. So, so my picks personally would have been, uh, I liked the thought of MJF being... Um, I just don't see him being in a stable. I think he's. I think he's part too. He's almost too high now. Well, he'd he'd have to. It's not only that. Like he'd have to lead whatever he's doing. Yeah. And I just don't see him leading. Makes a difference. Yeah. Makes it difficult, doesn't it? So I think Brian Pillman Jr. would be a good one for the upcomer. I'd go with Brian Pillman Jr. FTR, and I think. I think I would like to see Adam Page. Yeah. As, uh, as the kind of leader and really put a focus on him but I think the potential for Adam Page to be like a just a massive baby face for AEW and I wonder whether that would hurt that progression I, I think so I, and I wonder if like you don't want to make it too complicated the story between no. him, and, him and Kenny like that story is there let them just implode and have this bit of blood feud and lay yeah. a, you know lay the story in there and put the title in that story and then you're talking oh yeah 
I want to see the cleaner, mate. I gotta say, I want to see as much as I want to see Adam Page become a superstar. I want to see New Japan Kenny Omega as well. So, yeah. So uh, be interested, mate. Um, right. Let me just. I want to just quickly double check. Don't that, that. Of course, there's a million and one things I'd love to discuss with you, mate. But I know that you've got work to do and I I do I appreciate you fitting me in mate and I know we started a couple of minutes late as well um tell the people what you've got coming up and where they can find you and stuff well so you've got alexm underscore talksport it's right underneath me right now Uh, where do I put my finger there it is and um that's where you can get me on twitter and instagram but don't worry about that just do twitter and uh yeah, I've got a YouTube channel, of course, with Alex McCarthy. You get a lot of my interviews and talk wrestling, of course. That's uh, 6 to 8 every Monday on TalkSport 2. Um, as Simon will tell you, we have great guests every week. Uh, it's a nice, fun show. So, man, I mean, I've had Dominic Mysterio this week. Good chat with him, fresh after his uh, excellent debut. And next week, I'm getting into it with some NXT UK talent ahead of their reboot. So, man, always stay busy. Yes, Talk Wrestling is a very, very good show. Top guests from uh, the wrestling world, which I have to say, nobody else gets that much access to, because Alex is the man. I've got fingers and all these pies. That's all me, mate. Them, all them pies. <laughs> uh, we've got loads of different shows coming up on all different subjects, as you know. Subscribe, youtube.com slash acepodcastnation. Help us grow, spread the word, and uh, we'll be back next Saturday for another episode of Keeping It Real and Wrestling Talk. And uh, until then, we'll see you later. Thanks for uh, joining us, uh, Alex. Appreciate it, mate. Anytime, brother. We'll be, I'll always, be back. Always a pleasure. And uh, we'll see you soon, guys. Cheers. Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.